0: The Phoenix Nest, the podcast where bad bitches read romance. I'm Kat. I'm Jess. I'm Bethany. And today we are going to be reviewing The Right Swipe by Alicia Rye, which was chosen by me because I read it and loved it and made everyone else read it. But first, we're going to let Bethany read the blurb on the back.
1: Rhiannon Hunter may have revolutionized romance in the digital world, but in real life, she really only swipes right on her career and the occasional hookup. The cynical dating app creator controls her love life with a few key rules. Nude pics are by invitation only. If someone stands you up, block them with extreme prejudice. Protect your heart. Only, there aren't any rules to govern her attraction to the newest match, former pro football player Samson Lima. The sexy and seemingly sweet hunk woos her one magical night and then disappears. Rhee thought she'd bury her hurt over Samson, ghosting her, until he suddenly resurfaces months later, still big, still beautiful, and in the league with a business rival. He says he won't fumble their second chance, but she's wary. A temporary physical partnership is one thing, but a merger of hearts? Surely that's too high a
2: risk. Too high a risk.
0: I definitely love this book, and I was really concerned about the reason I didn't like our last review, The Proposal, was because I had read this book between Fix Her Up and The Proposal, and I was like, this is why I'm not, like, clicking with this book, is because I just read such a great book that I, like, felt related to. So I had to, like, you know, go back and reread it. But then I made Jess read it.
2: And I felt the same way. I felt like, because I read it the same time Kat read it. Um, she had started it and was like, oh my God, you have to read this. So instead of reading the proposal, like I was supposed to, I picked up the right swipe and then I picked up the proposal after it and I went, wait, is it bad because the other one was good? Or is it bad because it's bad? And I would like to point out it's bad because it's bad. The proposal. The proposal. Not the right swipe. Not the right swipe. The right swipe is not bad. Yeah, no, I, they're very, very different books. But um, the proposal was bad because it's bad, whereas the right swipe was just really good. I had a, I had a moment where I thought I was getting into a, like, a book slump where I like just couldn't pick anything up, mm-hmm. but that wasn't the case. It was just that that book following this book was not a good idea.
0: Yeah, and I feel like it was really interesting that we have, one right after the other, had two books that have interracial couples, mm-hmm. and one set was like described horribly and, like, painful to and this one was a lot more clear on yeah. who these people were and what parts of their culture were so important to them, and even though it's not, like, in your face constantly, you can still tell, like, the different cultural importances that were, you know, on each thing, like, family and work. Yeah. And responsibility and all of that.
2: Because Rhiannon does have a very tight relationship with her family, and then we've got Samson, who... Doesn't have a lot of family left, but they were important to him when they were alive. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to see that you've got these two characters who do come from very different backgrounds um, and who are different culturally. Uh, They still have things in common and, you know, they both love their family a lot. They're both very successful. Can we just say hallelujah? We had an incredibly successful female lead character. Finally.
0: Yeah.
2: And not one that, like,
0: stepped on others to get to where she was in any way.
2: No, she fought her way to the top and deserved everything that she got for being on top.
1: Well, I but feel like Fix Her Up, um, that character was the same way. Georgie
0: Castle? Yeah.
2: She did. She was pretty successful in what she was doing as well, but I don't know that her success was anywhere near what Rhiannon's success was in this book.
0: Maybe in a sequel it would be.
2: Maybe, yeah. yeah. Because
0: that was, like, the whole point was, like, she was starting her company, and this was someone who had grown a company that was a huge hit. And then created their own from ground up, and I thought that was a really big deal. But that's kind of one of the reasons I liked all the characters. They were really relatable, not because not because we're building like a business empire or anything, and we're not trying to build any kind of dating app. But um, just the way that she kind of faces work and deals with like her family and her emotions,
2: she is a lot like me in that. She throws herself into something to get away from something else. So when the feelings get too hard and it's too difficult to do, to handle, you throw yourself into something else. Mm -hmm. Um, Like today, (laughs) I have had the worst day on the entire face of this earth, ending in me getting hit on my way back from Walmart for snacks for this thing. And you both are asking, are you sure you want to do this? And I'm like, let's just fucking do it. Because this is my way of coping with that. You throw yourself into something else to keep your mind off of those things. You can think about those things later. And Rhiannon was definitely like that. She was a workaholic. I mean, she had her family telling her she needed to slow down a lot of the time, but that didn't stop her because she knew that that's what she needed to do to get through whatever was happening. Whereas Samson was like, I'm just gonna go. Now. (laughs) He was like the sweetest character ever.
1: Yeah. He was. I really loved him.
0: He wasn't like an overly macho version of himself, even though he's a former football player, and you would assume that he'd be like, you know, really kind of gross, machismo kind of dude. And partly because a lot of times when you read ethnic characters that are male, they're like overly male. And some of that can be true in different cultures, <laughs> where the men are like, they make all the decisions. They're too
2: alpha. Mm-hmm.
0: But he was in that way. He was a very sweet understanding person. Um, I know Bethany wasn't as thrilled with this book as we were, but did you still like the characters, like, overall? I
1: did, yeah. The reason I didn't like the book, though, like I was telling you earlier, is it made me reflect on my own life and my own dating disasters, as I put it. <laughs> Your own dating woes? Yeah, and... I just didn't want to read something that was, like, a mirror of who I kind of am as a person. Okay. Because I feel like I put up so many barriers, like she did, and then, like, having to trust somebody is really hard, you know? And I didn't want to read about it. I I don't care to see that or read it. And just something I kind of put in the back of my mind. Okay.
0: Yeah. And I feel like that's funny because I feel the same way, that I reflect a lot of what makes up Re as a character. But in a very different way from what you would talk about. Because yeah. when I read it, this is why I cried so much, was because a lot of the way that she reacts to certain situations or people or having to do certain things is a lot of how I react.
1: Yeah. And you're, and you're right. I could yeah. see a lot
2: of you in this character. There were... there I were, feel like she... was
0: every character and it was really <laughs> awful. <laughs> there were
2: there were several times where Kat texted me, because we, we texted throughout this whole thing, um... And there were several times where she would text and say, oh my god, I'm 100% Rhiannon. Oh my god, I'm 100% Samson. Oh my god, I'm 100% this person. Um, And it was interesting to see someone go through and read a book and say, I click with every single character and I feel like this is me and this aspect of this character is 100% me or I do these things. Because it's kind of rare to read a book And see yourself in the character. Especially
0: so fully. And that was part of the reason I reread it. I reread it this past week. Um, And part of it was because we talked about, did you cry because you really felt that connected? Or did you cry because of what you were going through at the time that you were reading it the first
2: time? Yeah. And I still
0: cried. Not as much (laughs) the second (laughs) time, but I'm thinking that's because I've already read it before. Um, But a lot of the other things that, you know, I sent you guys, like, screenshots of or whatever was a lot of the advice that comes from family and friends for her yeah it really just like really hit home about especially like forgiveness like you don't have to forgive people I think it's good that one even because it's such can a I, big deal
2: to me. can I just for a second I want to read what hit me the hardest out of this entire book yeah and it's not even involving the characters um the dedication at yes. the beginning of the book Alicia Rye writes, for anyone who has been made to feel weak and small, you're stronger than you think and more important than you can imagine. Thank you for being a part of this world. I hadn't even cracked the page. Like, this is the page after the title page. And I cried. And then I got online and I was like, oh my god, guys, you don't understand how good this is. Just because it is really hard to be a person in the world these days. Anything you do is considered weak. Anything you do is considered weird and off and something that you shouldn't be proud of. Mm -hmm. And to have an author of a romance novel tell you no you are so much more than what these people are telling you. Yeah. Was something that hit me really hard. And I was like, oh my God, I yeah. do matter. And that's
0: before even page one. Yeah. And I had, It's just, it, it's a lot.
2: It's a lot to take in. And then, I mean, you turn the page and it's your, obviously the acknowledgements, but mm-hmm. I mean, you hit and you start chapter one and immediately you think, okay, this book is going to be different in regards to how these characters feel than anything else I've ever read, because mm-hmm. this author had enough in her to put that, Inter, you know that dedication in and and basically tell her readers, hey you matter you you ca- I, people care about you And I feel like she went in writing this book caring about her ca- characters. She gave a shit about who she was writing. These
0: are like real people, which is what mm-hmm. makes it so kind of freaky to read this? Yeah, be like, man, I can totally understand where that's coming from.
2: Yeah, the characters felt very, very, very real. There wasn't a moment in time where I was going, who the fuck are these people? And it only
0: gets more real the further you read on. Like, yeah. even when you meet her roommate slash partner, Katrina, and you're like, oh, you know, she's rich and all that stuff, but then you find out so much more about her. Oh my god, and I we're like, oh my it
2: so hard to her. She
0: better have a spinoff for Katrina, because she has a really cool story.
2: All I ever want in life is to be, like, rich and get a cat and have, like, my person say, you can have a cat. Someone did say I could, so I got one. But, like, she was an overweight former model. She didn't leave the house much because she had anxiety. Hello? Mm -hmm. Minus the former model part, but the overweight and doesn't leave the house because of anxiety <laughs> part 100% over here. And it was, it was nice to see all these characters. I mean, you had your badass female characters and then you had the ones who were kind of afraid of the world.
0: Yeah, but they still all, like, badass in their own way. Like, yeah. all of the advice that Katrina gives, even though it's, like, through her many therapy sessions and stuff, she's learning to be that way, was kind of a big deal. Like, she has one that mm-hmm. I bookmarked because, um, she's talking about forgiveness. Uh-huh. And forgiveness is something that you're always taught when you're younger. Like, well, you have to forgive them. Yeah. Like, they did that thing to you in second grade, and you have to forgive them because, you know, they don't know any better. And she straight up is like, you're right. You don't owe them your time. You don't owe them forgiveness. What does she say? I haven't. She says, you're right. No one is entitled to your time and energy and forgiveness. Which is something that not enough people tell you. No. Like, if you don't want to forgive someone or you're not ready to, people shouldn't force you to.
2: You don't have to and forgive someone people just because tend some to of be us like, well, do. you're
0: going to have to get over it.
2: No. And it's like, you don't.
0: You, you don't have to. But that was one of like, major crying parts for me was that line because I grew up in a household where <laughs> my mom always sang, let there be peace on earth, whenever me and my sister would bicker. At, you probably don't know that song because it's, like, a really old churchy song. Uh, I'll sing it for later in case we get trouble. But it was more like, just stop and stop fighting and you're fine. And, like, that
2: was a lot of growing up was you're fine. Man, you had a great childhood because my mom would come in with a wooden spoon and go, I will beat your asses if you don't shut up. <laughs> a
0: little bit different. A little bit different way to deal. we got to fight it out. My brothers and
2: I. <laughs> You guys just had to duke it out. And my mom came out and was like, I will fucking beat you. Don't even test me.
0: Well, see, we didn't really fight very often. We just kind of argued sometimes.
2: I'm 34 years old, almost 34 years old, and my mom still has the wooden spoon she used to spank (laughs) us with. And if we're over there and she's cooking and you hear the spoons clanging, my sister and I have have both flinched. We're adults. (laughs) Like, we shouldn't be that afraid of a fucking spoon.
1: My parents have the paddle that they... They never... I don't recall ever having it used on me. No? No, but...
2: Because
0: you were the baby, and they were like, she would never do that. I would never stab you with a fork. (laughs) Oh, God. Sorry, (laughs) Fred. Twice? Oh, my God. We weren't angry
1: at each other, though. We were just fucking around, and just kind of like, goop, goop, goop. And it went in? I mean, yeah. It made him bleed a little. Just a smash. Just a little blood. It's fine. He was laughing. It's okay.
0: But, um... Yeah. yeah, we just we have a lot of really good life advice throughout the entire book. Yeah, we do, and, and I think that's so important. It's a lot of like advice given to you by an, someone who's older than you. Yes, yeah.
1: Annabelle. Mm-hmm. She has this quote at the very end that really got to me. I don't know, should I read it now or should we? Yeah, read... when we we're
0: talking about life advice, so go for it. Because I have another one too.
1: She says, "Being vulnerable is a risk. Love, romantic, platonic, familial—it doesn't matter what kind of love." is a risk and she goes on to say they can leave they can die or be hurt or simply walk away but a moment of that love is worth it. If you have a second, a minute, a month, a year a decade with that person, you count yourself lucky And
2: that made me really I, like I took that in. that's there's so much in this book that makes you sit and kind of reflect yes and I think that's why you cried so much
0: Probably.
2: I didn't cry. Um, but emotions are hard. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: and it's important to note that I don't normally cry. No, you don't. You don't. Yeah, I do, and I cried once
2: in this book, which, which is was... so strange. And I think yeah. that might
0: have been you not wanting to have it be a reflection of you, like you were talking about. Yeah, like, I don't trying want to really hard it. to not like admit that this is a thing that kind of describes me, and that's yeah, that's hard. For me,
2: it was just a matter of I held it in. <laughs> Real well. But there there were there were parts of it that it definitely had me stop and I didn't take any notes this time because this was your book, Kat.
0: I know, that's why I read it twice. <laughs> and I'm
2: letting you do this. Um but I didn't take any notes, I didn't tab anything this time, and I can tell you the reason why I didn't put a single tab in this book. For these two ladies, they know I always have a lot of flags in the books, but <laughs> Yeah. I didn't put a single one in this book because there were so many times where I just I read and then I stopped and I closed the book for a second and I thought about whatever piece of life advice popped up and I was like okay where can I put that in my life where does that affect me in any way you know how how can I put that a piece of advice into mm-hmm. play and Alicia Rye does a really good job it's
0: painfully good
2: yeah it's it's <laughs>
0: it's uncomfortable when but I think that's about like what it I want
1: <laughs> I like an escape. I like to be in a fantasy world. And seeing all of this stuff, she's gone through many situations that I have found myself going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I fucking hate reading that.
2: I and don't going think back and reliving it. it.
1: Yeah. Because I, like, last night, I could not stop thinking about, like, all of these things that I've had to go through with dating. I didn't go to bed until, like, 2.30. I woke up at 6 because my mind just would not stop. And it's because I finished the book last night. Like, I don't I'm I don't glad you that. finished
0: it, though, because I was worried you wouldn't finish it, and you wouldn't get not just the happily ever after, but the important, like, wrap-up to a lot of other things. Yeah, yeah, there was like, a lot. I should... mean, I got life advice, and one of the things that's important is when Samson's mom tells him, like, when someone breaks off a piece of you, yeah, you, someone has to spackle it and becomes <clears throat> their responsibility, and that's not fair. And that's something that you don't think about either. Like, you leave a lot of people out of your life when you choose to. And you don't realize how like they have to build themselves. Yeah, yeah. It's, that made me
1: really uncomfortable to read too because it's so fucking true.
0: And not just true like how you feel personally like someone's done wrong to you, but what you've you think done about to your others, own actions. Yeah, and how awful that is for other people, and understanding that you are responsible.
2: I yeah. I went into mm-hmm. this book expecting a cutesy, like super happy go lucky, lucky rom com. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, it's like Tinder. Ew, I hate that. But I'm still gonna read it, and it's got a very vibrant, very bright cover. It's hot pink, and you <laughs> yeah. go you go into it, and you I don't I was like what fifty pages in when I texted you the first time, cat, where I was like, oh shit that that made me feel things that yeah. i wasn't prepared to feel and it's it's not very far in before you start learning about these characters and you start having some of that life advice thrown at you mm-hmm. and there are some very like bethany said there're some very uncomfortable situations that happen in this book and it is a happy romance in the end they do get together it's it's a happily ever after but there's a lot that these two characters have to go through before they get to that happily ever after
1: mm-hmm which is another thing that just in my own personal life it freaks me out because they have this happily ever after but what if we don't get that you know like in real life how how many people do you know really get this kind of wrap up and closure and then they're happily ever after um, with their but person? also
0: they don't say it's just like happily ever after they both acknowledge that they have personality things that they need to work on and anxiety and not being able to delegate within your own life and so they acknowledge that's going to be work and they that's do. The people don't talk about which what? is
1: a part of the happily ever after in my mind because mm-hmm. who? How am I ever going to find a person who can accept me and work with me on the person that we are both going to become?
0: Well, and that's kind of the problem that you have to like work on. That's all you work on yourself and you accept yourself and love yourself. And
1: that's just like where I'm at right now. You
2: know? Yeah. Well, I think it was it was a big thing for her to have put that line in there is a line towards the end where they talk about this is going to be a lot of work for the both of us you don't see that in romance novels you don't see that the happily ever after is coming with two people stating we have our issues and it's going to be a lot of work to make this happen yeah but we're both willing to put the work in and to see that that's not just character growth that's so much deeper than these two characters growing. And that's the thing. These two characters, they're both very successful, but you do see them continue to have increasingly drastic character growth throughout the entire book. I mean... It's so realistic, though.
1: Yeah. When I think about it, and I think that's why I had... I struggled with it, because when I read a book, like I said, I want to be in a fantasy world where everything is peaches and cream and everyone's happy. Yeah. But this was so... Real, like I can imagine people having these conversations.
2: We have these conversations exactly.
1: Well, I mean, like with your partner, you know. And well, I guess I can see like people in my life who probably have had the same conversations like this, and Mm -hmm. it's just too real. I don't like it when
2: it's that when it hits too close to home. Yeah,
0: but that kind of brings us to like the next thing on our list, which is talking about how to share traumatic experiences. And that's, like, a key thing throughout this whole book. That doesn't really glue them together, like no. in other books we've read,
2: where they, like, share a traumatic thing and that person, like, comforts
0: them. It's very
2: different in this book. There's a different dynamic, and I think that's because both of the characters have experienced a traumatic thing. Um, Rhiannon experiences the traumatic thing in her previous work position. Mm-hmm. Um, and Samson experiences it in his personal home life. He was, as well as in and work, though. As well as We're, in work, yeah. yeah, you know? So... About that, you know, Rhiannon has the problem where she worked with that what's his nuts White dude, Peter. Peter, that's Peter is awful, and they hate him. Peter, Peter, the pumpkin eater. Fuck him. Um, <laughs> there's there's this big lawsuit kind of a thing. That, that could potentially end up being a lawsuit, and in the end, it does become one. It's
1: a lot like the Me Too. Movement. It's it's very
2: much the Me Too movement, and um, it comes out, and you find out that Rhiannon wasn't the only victim of his he basically led her to believe that she was going to be this all powerful part of this company. So long as she continued to sleep with him mm-hmm. and they break up and he throws her under the bus and he's starting with these rumors and these lies and he's just a horrible, horrible things about her. And so she leaves, she takes a year off before she starts crush. And then you have Samson who was a pro football player because his dad and his uncle were, um, And he's, you know, his mom dies, his dad dies before his mom goes, and they're experiencing his battle with CTE, which is a traumatic brain injury from all these concussions these football players experience. And then his dad goes, and then he finds out that his Uncle Joe is experiencing the same thing, and it's, it's traumatic to see these two characters go through these very, very different things, but they both sit down and they say, hey... This is what happened to me when I worked for Peter, and this is what happened to me when I was part of, you know, the Pro Football League, um, and the NFL, I guess. Yeah, I don't you know. Didn't say NFL. <laughs> I don't sports. I don't know. Um, but it's it's interesting that these two characters sat down and they, you know, in the end, it took a lot of work for them to get up to that point. But in the end, they do have a discussion where they talk about everything bad that has happened to them. Yeah. And well,
0: and Rhiannon is kind of forced to.
2: Yeah. When she goes
0: on Helena's talk show the second time and she ends up going on by herself and she's like, Did you see the news? This is breaking news and Yeah and all that. And um being forced to share your story, she could have said no. But in a way she was kind of forced to share a story, and that feeling is probably unparalleled to other like having to share embarrassing moments or anything like that. It's yeah. just a very difficult thing, and the way that it was written is probably one of the things that made me
2: cry the most. Being in a position where you have to share something that is very difficult to share. To benefit
0: others.
2: To benefit others. It's not really to benefit yourself on no. the scale that she did it. Well, and she did it because she knew if she said something it might benefit others, mm-hmm. and she needed that to happen. But to, sh- to have that little bit of vulnerability is incredibly difficult. I recently started going to therapy, and even just sitting down with a therapist and have, and being vulnerable enough to talk to the therapist about mm-hmm. what's going on in my life is incredibly difficult. And you think, you know, I can sit and talk to you guys about all the stuff that's gone on in my life. I It's a shit show, as we've stated. <laughs> Jessica's, in general, are just a mess. Aww. But, um... <laughs> I can talk to you guys all day long. And then you go and you talk to a stranger and you start talking to them. And I don't cry when I talk to you guys about it, but I sat in that chair and it was just tears. And I'm like, where the fuck is this coming from? And I can't, I can't imagine being in Rhiannon's position where someone brings this up and you're basically forced to be vulnerable. And she's not just vulnerable with another person. She's vulnerable with an audience and she's vulnerable with all the TV viewers at home. Mm-hmm. She's, an entire nation is watching this woman go through this traumatic experience and her explaining what happened.
0: And I think that's why it's so weird when women come forward and, like, we use the word accuse, but they allege, like, sexual assault by someone who's famous. And people are like, why would we believe them? Why didn't they come up, like, ten years ago when it happened? It's like, because you feel like shit about it. You feel like no one's going to believe you. And then people tell you
2: they don't believe you. And that's an awful feeling. Yeah. You know, she, these these women who are coming up with these, these you know, allegations, they're women who had to live real lives. And a just because a celebrity did it doesn't mean anything. It still is an event that happened. It was traumatic to this person. Mm-hmm. Allow the person to be vulnerable. Be, you know, you have to sit and think about yourself. If something like this happens, are you going to be able to be vulnerable enough to say anything when it happens, or are you going to sit on it for 10, 20, 30 years before you say something?
0: Well, you know, Re also points out, like, this is one of the only crimes that we automatically are like, we don't believe the victim. Yeah. But everything else, we're like, oh, you should definitely file a police report. And I think that that's a really interesting thing to point out, because it's true. Mm-hmm. Anytime someone alleges sexual assault or rape or, you know, whatever you want to call it, or whatever category it falls into. They're kind of told, like, well, can you prove it? Like, were you under the influence of something? Were you dressed this way or that way? And it's, like, this horrible, ac- like, accusation. It is. Of, of you yeah. not being smart enough or good enough to realize that you were in danger, and I don't understand that.
2: There is never a time where a person, and I'm not going to put a gender on it, because it's, it's any person. It happens to everybody, regardless of gender. There is never a time where you're put into a position where you don't say something because of the position, whether it be embarrassing or hard to talk about. You should never, ever, ever, ever tell the victim that they need to just suck it up and deal with it. You should never tell a victim that it didn't happen to them. You need to listen to them. You need to talk to them. They're taking a moment to be vulnerable. And it is incredibly difficult for that person to have come up and been vulnerable. And, you know, we all have those moments in our life where we do have those, you know, those times where we sit down and we chat and we are vulnerable to our friends. Those are people we trust. And these people who are coming out and saying these things and and saying, this happened to me, are taking a moment to be vulnerable in a place where they don't trust everyone. Because you can't. You can't trust the entire world when you come out with something like that.
0: Well, and even from, like, my personal experience, you can't even trust all of your friends. No. And that makes
2: it even worse. It's it's difficult. It's really hard. And I can see, Bethany, how it was difficult to get through. Because there is a lot of real things that happen. And yeah. there there is many, many, many instances in the, this book where the characters have to be vulnerable and they do have to talk about things and mm-hmm. it's it's hard. And it's not not saying that this isn't a happy cutesy romance, because it is. There are moments in here where I chuckled and I laughed and I had a good time and it meant a lot to me, you know, but there are still times where it's difficult to read because there's situations that we've might have been in. And it's it's hard. And I can totally see where you're coming from, why that was difficult and why you wouldn't want to want to yeah. read it.
1: To me, being vulnerable is the most terrifying thing in the world. I've opened up and I've been vulnerable, especially with partners of mine. Mm -hmm. And they turn it around and they're like, well, why? Why are you feeling like this?
2: Just stop. Well, it's not my problem that happened to you in the past. Yeah. I'm not that person. Yeah. Yeah. Not all men.
1: Or they laugh it off. Like, you know, something that I went through didn't matter. And that, oh, ha, ha, ha. That's what you get, because that was your job, and that's what people are so assuming you do.
2: Yeah, no. Like, fuck off. That's that's never a situation where you should feel less than. And that's, no. that's you a lot be, of what that... You
1: want to feel protected. Yeah. You know, but
2: sometimes people just fall short of that, and it's a hard lesson to learn. It is. It is. But I think that Alicia Rye handled it very well in this book. Because if we all felt moments where you didn't like how vulnerable everything happened and how it was too real. Yeah. And Kat had those moments where she cried five times <laughs> the That's first a lot time of crying, yeah. The first time she read it. And then whereas myself I had those contemplative moments where I had to sit and, and kind of set the book down and think about things for a little bit. To have an author write a book and not just any book, but have an author write a romance novel that has a person, has the reader feeling that gamut of emotion. That, that's the true testament of a strong author. Yeah, I agree 100%. And it's a, it's a big change (laughs) between the proposal and this (laughs) (laughs) one.
0: It was welcome though.
2: It was, it was very welcome. It was very welcome. I really enjoyed it.
0: So I think one of the other things that got me wasn't just the, the assault and the abuse and all of the Things that we had to go through, but the actual information that she presented on CTE, which is, like, a really big deal. Part of this um, got to me really just because a lot of the symptoms of CTE Mm -hmm. actually mirror a lot of symptoms of Alzheimer's and dementia. And that's, like, a big deal in my family. And so reading someone who watched two of their family members go through it was really, really hard. Um, but we want to take a moment and just applaud her because she did all the research, Jess said, yeah. and you can tell because CTE is like a huge deal. It's a newer issue. And um, it's something that I studied in college, even though that was like a few years back. <laughs> so we had to take this class called um, like health and youth sports. Okay. And it focused on tackle football and why people are saying that you shouldn't allow kids who are below the age of 13 to play tackle football. Because as soon as you start getting concussions and you get repetitive or sub-concussive hits, you start to get these buildups of proteins, which you can't tell until someone's died and they've donated and dissected the brain.
2: Which is what well, Samson's dad and uncle <clears throat> have done. There
0: has
1: been a case where a living human, a living man, um, he died actually a couple years ago, but they were able to tell by a CT scan that he did have
2: the CTE. signs
1: of CTE. But, I mean, obviously, he had to die for them, to be sure, but the brain scan before he died and after he died were conclusive of having CTE, which is very interesting.
0: The problem was, when this was first a huge deal in the NFL, um, it was just seen as, like, brain damage or tumors or whatever, and people were like, like what they're saying in the book, you have, you know, no purpose now, because you played football your whole life or whatever. And then they started finding out, that all of their friends who were like Hall of Famers or past winners of Super Bowls who had retired were going into these depressive episodes and having anger issues and having suicidal ideation, but across the board. And so they started making these therapy groups for these people to try to help them deal, mm-hmm. but it doesn't always help, no. you know? And a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of the um, research that came from it in the earlier 2000s when I took this class was because the men who killed themselves willed their brains in their suicide notes. And um, that's, like, really morbid.
2: But it's a really big deal. It was fascinating that she did so much research about it. It wasn't just like, here's a pro football player, he has no problems other than his family members have died. She went so far as to research major trauma to the brain that a lot of these athletes are experiencing And then wrote that into her work. Mm -hmm. And not only wrote it into her work, but did it correctly. Did it in a way that made us all think about it. And feel for these characters who've gone through these things. And not only just the characters, but now you sit and you think, oh shit. These are real people in real life that experience these things. And she didn't just show the Alzheimer's effects, you know, when the ki- when the person gets older. She showed, um, what was his name? Travis? Trevor. Trevor. Mm-hmm. Starts with a T. Um,
0: <laughs> I mean, that's his name.
2: So she, she talks about, you know, he comes in and he says, you know, I know we've had our problems and I want you to, Come and be the face of this this program that I'm starting and, and help me out, and uh, that we find out is because he's experiencing CTE. The he's first science. the first signs. Mm-hmm. He's spiraled into a major depressive episode. And
0: these are men in their thirties and forties
2: that should That's true. Yeah, that shouldn't have to go through these things all because we want to watch some dudes rough it up on a fucking field. Yeah, With, fuck off. I mean,
1: it happens in every sport. It happens in bull riding. It happens in yeah. Boxing.
2: Any kind of anything where you can get board. get a concussion, or, yeah. Yeah. But to see her do so much research and put so much into it that we can see and we can kind of go through the emotions that these characters are going through. I mean, I was reading, you know, Trevor going through and discussing, you know, I'm angry and I, I'm lashing out. And you think, God, what did this guy go through? Like, he yeah. must have just been a shitty person. Cause and for their families, too.
0: Yeah, well, he lost everything. He because lost. Of this. Yeah, it
1: really well, humanizes him because he's pictured as like it. a villain, you <laughs> yeah, know, because you, of what he did to Samson. And then you realize, like, oh shit, like well, he's suffering too.
2: And we kind of need to talk about what happened, why Samson and Trevor don't want. Well, why Samson doesn't want to speak to Trevor? Mm-hmm. Um, Samson has a friend who suffered a major concussion, and uh, they wanted to put him back in the game,
0: which is normal.
2: And instead of let the man sit it out, they're like, nope, you're fine. Go, go back in and get another concussion or whatever. And Samson didn't want that. So he walked in the middle of the game. He was like, fuck it. That's my friend. You're going to kill him. I, what is your problem?
1: Yeah. After he had experienced the With change, his
2: dad, the switch in his dad, his dad, yeah. That was, after, that was
0: like right after his dad died. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. And, and now, you know, he, he decides to leave. And at that point on the field, Trevor tells him... You're letting us down and you're just going to, you're going to walk because of this, because of this one thing. How dare you? We are, we're your family. Mm -hmm. And that was a big deal to Samson, you know, if we're family, why are you going to allow him to go back in the game? And
1: then he changes his nickname from the charm, which his father coined, his father that he loves and admires. And then Trevor calls him the The curse curse, and mm -hmm. it
2: sticks with him.
1: Yeah. All up until this point, was yeah. working for Matchmaker,
2: and I thought it was it was interesting to see a secondary, not even a secondary. He was kind of a a tertiary, tertiary character, if I can ever say that word right. <laughs> hey, but you see character development and character growth through him, and that's mm-hmm. not even a main character in
0: all of the Friends, actually. Yeah, even if you look at like Lakshmi...
2: I love her. Oh, my God, I love her. She
1: reminds me of you.
2: Yeah?
0: Yeah. Yay. <laughs> you need to, like, dye your hair and put stars and glitter in
2: it. Yeah. Listen, my job doesn't <laughs> allow me. You've done stuff like that before. Yeah. You know? I you're, love you're her. You're a little bit eccentric, kind of like her. I love her. Maybe that's yeah. why I did love her so much, just because I am a little bit eccentric, but... It was it was fascinating. And I'm gonna say right now, I'm sorry guys, this episode isn't like super funny. This was like a hard hitting romance. Well it's gonna get better. Because Is it? the
0: last two things we need to talk about are online dating and Annabelle being a weirdo. So Yay. it's gonna a little bit more like <laughs> a so don't, don't turn us off. Hang in there. <laughs> if guys. you've gotten, you know, a little bit like, holy shit, these people are like downers today. Um, I guess we'll start with the online dating portion. We've talked about online dating before here. Yep. And we've read books where online dating is very prevalent. And we've talked about our... Uh, feelings. Feelings about it. And it's not always positive. I don't um, like but it. But this is the foundation of this entire book.
2: Yeah. So that's kind
0: of interesting. I'm really glad it wasn't like a slappy in the face thing all the time. Like, she doesn't spend her time on her own app.
2: No. Like, looking
0: for guys to fuck or anything. It's She mainly talks about how this is empowerment for... Women and how it's changing the online dating from just flipping through like on Tinder to actually like slowing you down and being like, hey, this might be a person you would like for like a platonic relationship. Yeah, but, anyways, let's start. Oh my god, let's start with how we feel about online dating. Um, we've all tried it, all three of us, in yes. different ways and yes, on different yeah. vari- variant levels. have yep. tried it, and I gave it the good college try hated it, like, for a lot of reasons, will not be back.
2: I didn't try it again after I got (laughs) ghosted because fuck that, it hurts. But I do want to say thank you to Kat and Bethany because both of you sat down and wrote... And signed <laughs> me up for most of the dating oh, apps. Yeah, we definitely did. I think we signed up for
0: a bumble without you even being there. Yeah, <laughs> we did. you yeah. did.
2: And then I used it twice, and then it was scary because that one is the one where the woman comes up and says something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's so intimidating. And then because I'm gay, if you can get in and you, you list yourself as, as a lesbian or a gay or whatever, now, it's the woman who has to make the first move, but which one? <laughs> I was so what confused. Not me. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't enjoy it. I don't like Tinder. I hate Tinder. Fuck Tinder. <laughs> Did you feel
0: like the bad outweighed the good for everything that you tried? Because we've tried. God, we've tried plenty of fish.
2: We've tried Match. We have tried Bumble. I tried Okay Cupid. Hinge. I never I tried Hinge.
1: Hinge. I've done them all, and this. Book- and they're all off. This book, uh, inspired me to download Tinder again.
0: Which was the opposite of what you should do. (laughs) Yes.
1: no. okay, but I'm, I'm not taking it, like, I don't want to say I'm not taking it seriously, but I'm not, like, super hopeful, so it just kind of is what it is right now. Okay,
2: so it's just, you're on it to kind of see what's out there. Um, I like that Tinder is getting more progressive, um, in that you... You're not just a cis man or a cis woman. You can now go in and you can put your own like, gender and you can put your own sexuality, which is really cool for someone who's pansexual. Gender
0: comes into play though, right? Yeah, a little bit. It
2: is what it is. I mean, you you can make
1: it into being a hookup site or you can try to find somebody, you know.
0: But I mean, it's Brianna does a hookup site, which is part of why I think it turns me off so much.
2: Yeah, I can't do it. It, It's
0: very much the swipe of this book.
2: Yeah, it just, it it doesn't do it for me. But most dating apps don't do it for me. I don't like, I don't like how judgmental people can be on them. I don't like how difficult it is to meet people. I don't at all, like, when I'm on the apps and I'm like, I'm gonna look for a dude for once in my life. And I get on there and they're like, hey baby, show me your titties. no. You show me yours first, fucker. <laughs>
0: there There's just so many downsides to a lot of the apps that, like, if Crush existed, I would probably give Crush a chance. Cause it seems I like would. Because it's something that's more my style. Yeah. With all the options that you have and the questionnaire that's optional and all of that stuff, that just seems like something that's more me than anything I've tried so far, and I refuse to try Tinder. I think it's so creepy.
2: It's just, there's something about swiping. And the whole thing with Tinder, and I, you can probably help out with this too, Bethany. Tinder is first impressions. Yes. The look of their photo, not necessarily what's going on in their profile. Because half the time when I was on Tinder, there was like four words in a profile. And I was like, really?
1: I, if there's somebody that catches my eye, I will always click on their profile and read it. If there's something on there that I don't like, they'll, if it says, I just want to fuck, nothing serious, I'm like, okay, no, you're you're not okay. me. I'm not going even talk to
2: you. Can we talk for a moment, though, about Facebook putting the dating thing on their fucking Facebook platform? <laughs> stop. Facebook They do. stay in its own
0: lane. Stay in your They're lane. Crazy.
2: It's awful. And now Facebook is like, Jessica, you should pop on. We've got dating now. I'm like, you can fuck <laughs> off. Um, the other weird thing, too, though, is that it's not just dating apps now. Like, people slide into your DMs on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> Did you not just send me a screenshot of that horrible woman who was like, "I'm a queen, don't slide into my DMs, I I'm got a, a, king. Queen with a king." Oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> but it wasn't but she even like so was a 6-year-old oh. Mexican oh. woman. But oh, no. instead of the best part of it Bethany is, she didn't spell out the words "I'm a queen." It was the fucking queen emoji oh, with Jesus. a fucking king emoji. Cat yeah. and I were pissed. We're it's like, "Fuck Twitter this. Is
0: not Tinder." Yeah. That's literally what it said on her
2: like, background. Music. No DMs, but in all caps.
0: She's
1: really feeling herself really and thinks weird. that people want her. It was so weird. What? Nobody wants you. <laughs> well, her,
2: her king, king does. does. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he doesn't even want her. He's all he give this bitch out. Him and her oh,
0: God. Um, but anyway, so this also brings up the differences between the different platforms in the book itself. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got. Swipe and crush, which are the ones where you can like flip through people's pictures and yep. it'll be like, "I like you," "I don't like you," whatever.
2: Tinder and
1: Bumble.
0: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then Bumble have... sucks
1: too, though. Can I just? Yeah, say, it does. I don't like any of them. Online dating is Tinder hard to has pick. like a bad reputation, but they're all the fucking
2: same. It's all the I same just can't people. Pick
0: people based on when I stare at them for two seconds. <laughs> so that's not a thing
2: for me. I overthink. Can I go, hell? You have to have a conversation with them. Well us. the other Even problem. Men, I'm like, yeah. The other problem is too, um, I don't understand their personality on a dating site. I'm just looking at a person and I don't look at yeah. you as just because we said this is a male or lie. female. If you're on
0: yeah. a dating site, your profile's a lie. <laughs>
2: okay, I've like
1: connected with people on different website or like different apps uh-huh. and I'll see them on Tinder. They'll be like one version of themselves. Um, Bumble, a different version of themselves. How creepy is Pinned, that? Hinge, a different version. And it, I don't know because we compartmentalize ourselves sometimes, right? And like, yeah. at work you're this person,
0: but <laughs> yep. you're just Tom Haverford.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wish I kind of wish everyone was like Tom, where they just had a billion different websites. Which and, ones do you
2: want? Yeah, oh, you yeah. I mean, <laughs> <it for> know, nerd. Because <laughs> yeah.
1: he's uh, so uh, open about it, but these people they're not. You're like, oh, I I met you on this app, and they're like, oh ha ha weird. Like, yeah, it is really weird, because here you're on a horse, and over there you're like, I'm a vegan, and I'm like, oh god, what?
0: That's weird. <laughs> See, already, right, this is not convincing me to try any. I
2: right. feel like, it's kind
0: of fun, though.
2: I feel like, like I'm the <laughs> only person who's on there who's like, real weird. Listen up, guys, I'm fucking weird, I'm a giant no. nerd.
1: No, you don't know weird. There's men <laughs> on here who are like, I, I like gothic girls who want to be a vampire, who like to suck my blood. Or black chicks with a big booty. What? That's two entirely different things. Yeah, I should have taken a screenshot of this guy. He was, like, he was real goofy looking. Listen, Bethany. But like,
2: what he was into. Bethany took screenshots (laughs) for us and we were terrified. (laughs) We're like, oh, God. You're
1: "You're
0: on Tinder.
2: Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We've seen your profile. And
1: there's a guy I'm talking to now. He's really funny. And I I was telling him, like, what book we're reviewing. And he's like, you were the right swipe. (laughs) (laughs) Ew. uh, don't use that as, a, like, a hookup thing. It uh,
2: already gross. Was, no. Okay, it was funny, though. Was it, though? Because we're grossed he is, out. He, <laughs> we're like, he's oh. not being gross, I appreciate it.
1: And then I got this cowboy, like, a really attractive man, let me
0: tell you, it is it was a magazine photo.
2: <laughs> no, if it's he, really a woman named Chantelle in her mother's guest bedroom. That would be quite
0: the story, though.
1: But anyways, he... He was creepy, but like in a respectable way. How?
0: Like,
1: can I show you a picture of my penis? And I was no. like, No, no.
0: <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> Ew. Can, can I show I, you? I literally said this last week. We set the bar low, especially on dating sites, and then yeah. fucking dig a hole to get underneath <laughs> the bar. You. That's Thank what you. this is. I'm gonna show you my dick, but I'm gonna ask first. He didn't. Though. though.
1: he respected it, and he was like,
0: Okay. How long were you talking to him before he asked?
2: Like, a day. See? A day? That's not acceptable. 24 hours. And he was like, Probably hey, not
1: even 24 hours. You know what would be great? But I, I really appreciate the fact that he asked, because sometimes Consent? Yeah. <laughs> <not laughs>
0: like, you have to be happy someone asks yeah. if it's okay no, it if is you want
1: But that's the reality of dating these days. I don't almost, want, like,
0: apps. Like, I,
1: I've tried meeting men in real life, and they're just as creepy as the men that I've met on these apps.
0: Yeah. I just think it's a matter of, like, for me- I don't want to force it. I don't want to force it with people. I require some kind of a connection that's not just like you look real hot. Like, I can't do that.
2: Can I just meet somebody in a bookstore? Like a (laughs) nice person. (laughs) That would be so perfect. In a bookstore. Like, hey. That'll be your meet cute. Can we go to the Starbucks inside of the Barnes and Noble? And I'll be like, sure, but just so you know, I don't drink coffee. I'll have a tea. Um, passion fruit, half lemonade would be beautiful. (laughs) Extra sweetener. Um, (laughs) like, I just, can I meet somebody in a fucking bookstore? Like, that just feels right for me. And I don't think that I'm going to meet that person on Tinder. My
1: brother met his forever person on
2: Tinder, so I do believe that it works. There are success stories where you can meet your forever on Tinder, but, um, my forever is lost in the stack somewhere, going, what the fuck is this book? And I'm like, probably on my shelf. Come meet me. I feel like my forever person died. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) Well, damn. I know. Um, my forever person is lost. Um, I'm waiting for a knight in shining armor, and they're probably stuck in a tree wearing tinfoil. Um... (laughs) <laughs> it's but I, either he's dead or he's just real dumb. Real dumb. <laughs> I just need someone who has the same interests as me and also isn't going to hate my cat. I would like somebody who's honest,
1: and that's about it.
2: <laughs> Can I? I I need someone like on my first. Like I'm going to have to if I ever get on dating sites again, dating apps, I'm going to put on there must not be allergic to cats. <laughs> I need you to not blah, be allergic. Blah, blah. To... And everyone's like, sorry, we can't date. We no, were perfect I'm, until my cat.
1: I'm very allergic to cats. And he's not bothering me right now at all.
2: No? Mm-mm. It's
1: because Maybe he's... you're growing out of your allergies. Oh, my so God. I hope so. I would love to have a cat. <laughs> I would love for you to grow so out of them
2: so you can pet Oliver and he can finally stop being like, love I know, me. I just
1: want to snuggle him.
2: He is someday pretty much the best when he's not being an asshole. Laying in the clean, he's probably laying on the clean fucking laundry right now. No, You're oh, <laughs> he's he's talking shit about your child, mind. and she's like, nah, he's cool, he's right there. He's <laughs> just chill, little, chill under the thing, yeah. little side table. Yeah, I mean, he's pretty baller, but there are times where I look at him, like this morning when I woke up, when he used my chest as a springboard to fly off the bed to get his toy, where I go, you fucking asshole. But for the most part, I, I really love him. Like, I can come in here and be like, that's my fucking cat. So, the person that I, whoever my forever person is, please, dear God, I hope you're not allergic to cats, and if you are, I hope you have a lifetime lifetime supply of Benadryl. Fair enough. Because I'm not getting rid of him.
0: Okay, we only have one more thing to talk about. What's that? Annabelle. (gasps) how much we adore her and her crazy weirdness that we are so fond of. Um, I think... My favorite thing was when she said the glitter gram. Yes. <laughs> I think that was, like, one of the best things. And, like, I feel like that's something that I would want to do to <laughs> someone. But being, like, for a random dinner party. Oh, I'm scared. Oops. <laughs> Sorry, um, Bubba. But, like, her assistant went along and was like,
2: I'm here to, like, help if there's any trauma from this. She's like, what? Like, trauma? Okay, but can we talk about the assistant and Lakshmi getting together? Yeah! I loved it! (laughs) I love Annabelle because she is just the right kind of eccentric. Like, she's an eccentric old lady who's kind of, like, a shut-in. She's like, I didn't want any part of this. It was my sister's deal. She died. I'm just kind of here. Let's hold a Hunger King style dinner where you guys have to like duke it out.
0: I love that she's really wonking you. I'm like, oh my god, she is. (laughs) She totally was.
2: (laughs) And they were like, is she going to do a cartwheel? Like, what's going to happen? I fucking loved her. She was great.
0: Yeah. I love how
1: sweet and open minded Samson was towards her. Yeah. And
2: caring. Like, he really loved her. Because that's, she wasn't necessarily his aunt. I mean, his. I mean, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Commonly. Yeah. And she, he kind of just made sure she was taken care of. That's my Aunt Annabelle. Gotta go make sure she's chill.
1: And he just accepted her, which really warmed my heart. Okay, but when you grow up with a
2: weird person in your life, you
0: kind of just accept them. That's yeah. true. <laughs> I like how solution for her anxiety was, I just need to go to Australia for a little while. Like, there are times when I think, like, guys, okay, I just need to get out of here, but where do I go? But if I was as rich as Annabelle, I can go to Australia.
2: When I have anxiety, I go to the bookstore. Like, I want to go to Australia. Okay, how have you not met your person? You're at the bookstore all the time. <laughs> at least once a week I'm at the bookstore. Yeah. Like, how? Hello, person, if you're listening, if you found one of the cards I've stashed in all those romance novels in Barnes & Noble, our, e- <laughs> our email's in there. Let me know. But
0: like, for it real? just says things you
2: like, send an email. Oh. Do no. we really want that? Cause yeah. some of yes. These things- yes. I'm just saying that sometimes I don't always say some things people like.
0: Okay, but for better or for worse, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. if you like to hear this weird shit spew out of my mouth, the email's there. Let us know. I mean, they must like it if they fucking subscribe to us.
0: <gasps> oh, God.
2: Can my I- <laughs> We met in a bookstore, but it turns out they're a subscriber to the podcast.
0: Is this going to be like a You've Got Mail scenario? <laughs> Good
2: movie. That's um. That was in the
0: Tom Hanks book. <laughs> yeah, we
2: read a book. Um, that it was. It's called Waiting for Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. She is waiting for her Tom Hanks, not specifically Tom. So it's your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Annabelle was great, though. I loved her. I thought she was just eccentric and weird enough, and she was perfect. Mm-hmm. But I think that a lot of the weirdos need to have more say so in books. And it was kind of nice that they kind of followed her around a little bit. She wasn't just like that weird eccentric act that just kind of went away. She was still there. I like, she like that she
1: found her voice at the end. Yeah, he was like, "Fuck you, William," but in like a nice, but in the nice way. Uh, William was awful too. Yeah, William and i they were fucking made for each other. That's because they wanted to touch the
2: tips. Yeah, well, gingerly? William for sure did gingerly touch the tips. Is there anything else we want to talk about? That was everything
0: on my list. But did we miss anything about any? I don't know we got a little bit deeper emotionally on this book than we do on other ones which
1: is fine I would say that I cried happy tears happy sad tears I would say okay when um Samson took Joe out for dinner and Annabelle kind of sneaks around he's like has anyone
0: ever told you how beautiful you are
1: that was really sweet that like it really touched my heart
0: Bethany's here for the sentimentality of I am. And yeah. the science of things. <laughs> I just love when old
1: people love each other. Really? It's so sweet. Did you cry watching The Notebook? Yeah. We talked Hi. about that on one of our episodes, so that's like her
0: favorite it's Nicholas fuck. Sparks thing, right? Ugh.
1: Yeah, it's like the only one that's acceptable. No.
0: and I don't like it.
2: In I don't
1: the like
0: movie. any of them. Oh my god, I'm gonna cry thinking about it. <laughs> it's
1: so sweet. I would love to die like that. Like,
2: I thought for a moment that you were just gonna say I would love to die, and I was like, same.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, not that morbid. It just like the love in that story was so wonderful. Was it?
2: Yeah. I don't know. I never finished it. it could... I love love.
1: We, we know, you we've know.
2: been told <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. Someday. someday I'll
1: have that kind of fairy tale. I don't know. Who do... knows? I'm such a cynic when it comes to that. I we loved it. We didn't even talk about the ghosting or the mosting.
2: Oh, well, we did not talk about ghosting and mosting. Uh, we were more concerned with other things. But we can. So, go. How did we
0: miss that? We had a whole list going. Yeah. Oh, we forgot <laughs> that. Um, okay, so I'm going to find the part where
2: it talk, talk about, about ghosting it so that can give
0: an accurate So, ghosting is like this awful thing, and I think part of the reason I cried so much was because I was going through a ghosting issue at the moment.
2: Oh, true story.
0: As well as like crazy fucking anxiety. Listen, it's real and it sucks. That I really, really hated. Yep. I just didn't.
1: I think I've come to like be able to deal with ghosting pretty well because yeah. it's happened to me so often. And it's so sad. It ghosting is. Shouldn't it, have sucks. To.
0: Ghosting it sucks. Ghosting
1: sucks. Fucking sucks. I don't understand it. I'm always. I want to. If I'm not interested in somebody, I'm going to tell them. I'm yeah. going to give them closure. I will never just stop texting you out of the blue and block your number. Or most you make you feel like this wonderful,
2: awesome person that I, got, I appreciate you? I got mosted, then ghosted, and that fucking sucked. I
1: Can't have. <laughs>
2: that fucking sucks That's hard. happened
1: to me, too. Yeah, it sucks. But because it's happened so often, I can bounce back really easily now. And I think that makes me feel jaded a lot. Because like, it's happened so often, yeah, so that you and, can do that? And I'm just expecting it now. Okay.
0: See, and that's really sad Is we're collectively, a
2: young group of women. Mm-hmm. And you should Are expect- we, though? Okay, Mama. Yeah, <laughs> just Bethany is young. Okay. <laughs> um, <Aww>. this <laughs> okay. goes, but this goes to my thing where when we went and got those tattoos and they were like, put your birth year down, and it started at 2019 and I did that thing where you just kind of let it scroll and it stopped in the 90s and I was like, oh, fuck, gotta keep going. <laughs> I was like, shit. Okay, so we're all very
0: familiar with ghosting, which is where someone just, like, stops communication yep. or blocks you or it's just generally an asshole. Yep. Out of the blue. Yeah, absolutely. like, there's no warning. Like, you were talking to him yesterday and all of a sudden they're gone.
2: Or I was talking to them an hour ago and now suddenly they're gone? Fuck you.
0: Yeah, so that's really cool. But then the explanation of most that's in here is what I wanted to read because it's a term that, first of all, I had never heard. And I texted Jess right away and I was like, oh my god, is this not my life? Um, Yep, (laughs) it is. (laughs) So um, it says, "Mosting is when a person disappears, no contact, and does it after making the other person feel special in a very short period of time. Sweeps them off their feet. There's good reason, there's no good reason to do either, but at least you can recover from a so-so date when someone disappears. Harder to get over a person who takes you on a magic carpet ride and then vanishes. Which is, like, one of the most accurate descriptions of what I was feeling not currently, but, like, years ago. Yeah. Um, just, I didn't know there was a word for it. And it's a newer word.
2: Mosting. So, yeah. yeah. So that's a new one anyways, but,
0: um, kind of like benching. <clears throat> like, we don't use benching anymore. No. But, like, that's fun, you. But, yeah, mosting was one that I never heard. I was like, the fuck is
2: this? Cool. It,
0: new words.
2: So, yeah, I, it's, I had never heard of mosting. But then you read the description and you're like, oh shit, I have gone through that.
1: Yeah. Would you guys ever let anybody back into your lives after they had ghosted or most of you? No. Even if there was a good explanation, like what happened between Rhiannon and...
2: That like, explanation had better be a damn good one. There had better have been someone dying and it had better have been after, like, a one-night thing. Not, like, the when I got ghosted, we'd been dating for, like, a month. Yeah.
0: See, that's so weird to me. Just, like, A month! Just like, hey, bye.
2: (laughs) First off, I wasted a month of my life. Second of all, that bitch still has my fan. (laughs) That's weird. Yeah. That's rude. Wow. She's like, got your fan, bye. Blocked on everything. That's what she is really Yeah, that's how she wanted, You fan digger. Fuck her. A fan digger? (laughs) Not even a gold digger. (laughs) I don't have a lot of money, but I had a fan. So mad.
0: Yeah, no, just,
1: um, so you would never let anybody back in. I have... I Let has. somebody back in after they've
2: ghosted me. I have yeah.
0: multiple people in both a romantic and friend sense. Yeah, and both ways by you, yes.
2: I don't. I don't do it in the friend sense. Um, especially because half the time in the friend sense, I'm the one who's ghosting you. Ooh.
0: <laughs> well then, you are the cause of a lot of trust issues. Then. Um.
2: Well, he kind of deserves it. So um, well, okay. okay, that's fair. I know oh. you're yeah yeah. <laughs> y'all we know that ghosting that it's fine. Y'all know. Y'all know. <laughs> that's not real.
1: I don't think that's really ghosting. I think that's
2: just you getting rid of shitty people. Yeah, that's okay. detox. <laughs> that's what that that's is. healthy. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's and a healthy get rid just of. The trust issues that she described that stem from this ghosting and this ghosting is so accurate and it's cut so deep because you're like, oh my god, yes, like yeah, that's why I'm so someone, fucked up. And it, it like because it happened. I hated it and it made me love it. Like, <laughs> I hated it. It was
2: too watch. real. <laughs> too real. I like being. I, I don't. Shanna. I want
1: to live in a fantasy
0: world where everything
2: is happy. Well, what? you're lucky in October. We're going to live in a fantasy world. I don't know how happy it'll be, but. Yeah, ratings.
0: I, thought we were, I thought I was going to let y'all get
2: stuff <laughs> out. I'm not. It's out. <laughs> Bethany loves love. Yeah, I'm just okay, here. But
0: who, okay, I'm mean the who doesn't love love, but you're the cynic, <laughs> and I'm the hopeless romantic. So the answer would be
2: you, <laughs> not me. I don't love love.
0: Okay, so we're going to start uh, with our five star ratings.
2: Five star mm. is everybody giving well I know
0: No, I'm rating out of 5. Stars. Okay.
2: For a second I was like five who's giving it? I am.
0: Okay, then we'll start with you.
2: I give it a five star. 100%. All right. It gave me it gave me enough feeling but like it goes back to the amount of character growth and the fact that we knew the characters from beginning to end and um, it was deep. Mm-hmm. Like, in a way that kind of hurt a little sometimes, but it made you want to cry a little bit. It was very introspective in the life advice that it gave you. For sure. Five stars for me.
0: All right.
1: Bethany? I would give it a four out of five, just because it made me uncomfortable a
0: lot of the time.
1: Okay. I can see that. It was really well written. I I like the story, but, yeah, no. no. The uncomfortability was just too much for me.
0: Oh, it was so good, though. Even the uncomfortable parts. Um, I'm going to do... Five stars because I cried at least five times. <gasps>
2: One star for every time you yeah, cried.
0: <laughs> and probably if I could give it more, I would. But I felt like I just, every other page was something where I was like, oh my god, it's so relatable. Oh my god, it's so relatable. And then crying a lot. And partly because of what was going on in my life and partly because I felt like I was just so deeply connected to the personalities of a lot of these characters. So, I don't know. Yeah. Five out of five for me. Um, okay, so... We decided to kind of do this thing where we get to pick books for our birthday month episodes. Mm -hmm. So this was mine because my birthday is actually at the end of September. So I have another one coming up, and I was having a really hard time deciding. So I asked my mom, and I was like, who's your favorite author? She's like, well, lately I've really been into Tony Blake. And so she picked the book, Swept Away.
2: By Tony Blake. Are we going to learn a lot about your mom's taste? I'm really scared.
0: <laughs> my mom really likes like cum jokes and dick jokes,
2: but she what? never say, Oh my she my
1: She's so naughty, so scandalous. <laughs> and then
0: my
2: mom's like, haha, I made you blush." <laughs> I fucking love your mom more than anything in life, and I didn't realize she did that. Because and now, she's now I'm really, really excited. Like,
0: sweet and unassuming. Yeah, but like, she's dick like, jokes,
2: dirty mind. <laughs> I fucking so many love dick that. Jokes. Why have I? It's how long have I known you? Years. Like almost you've never 10 heard years.
1: your mom make any jokes like that? No.
0: My aunt loves cum jokes more than my mom does because cum jokes, if they're too much, make my mom uncomfortable. <laughs> but my mom, but I she's like, okay, okay with dick jokes. Yeah.
2: Oh my god. I don't. Yeah, I don't. She's understand. so funny. Cat's mom. We need to have a discussion. <laughs> I feel like I love you even more than I should have.
0: It just it gets really.
2: Fun. I. Anyways, don't...
0: it's Tony Blake. She writes a ton of books. I've never read one. Have you guys
2: read one? I have not. But I think this is going to be fun because I think this is our first recommendation from a mother. My mom! I kind of
0: scared that it's my mom's first.
2: (laughs) Well, and my mom never read romance. My mom read mysteries. So I never, I don't, there will not be a Jess's mom recommendation on this podcast because my mom just doesn't read romance.
1: Oh, we should do a month where all of our
2: mothers, like in May. Are we ready for that? Yeah. I think it'd be really fun. Like, should we do it for, like, the month the month of Mother's Day? That's May, right? Yeah. That's what she thank, said. <laughs> thank God you knew, because I was like, is that Mother's Day? Already? It was May 13th this past
0: year. Again. Oh.
2: Yeah. Oh. Glad you remembered, because I didn't. Okay, well, that says more about
0: you than about me. It does. <laughs> <laughs> <Burn>. A lot. <laughs> Damn. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so hopefully you guys will join us on our next episode when we talk about Swept Away by Tony Blake, since we know nothing about this. Um, I'm scared.
2: Me too. But excited.
0: It's not Regency.
2: Thank God. So,
0: sorry Beth. Hopefully your mom <laughs> picks a Regency at some point. Oh,
2: you know she will.
0: Oh, <laughs> fuck. Um, <laughs> but it should be, should be a time. We're gonna close out right here, and we start doing a thing where we do quotes.
2: Oh well, wait, before we close, oh. don't forget, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we have a blog, we have an email, you can get in touch with us through any of those. They will be linked in the show notes, because I put a lot of work into that.
0: Um, anyways, we've been doing quotes, or we're starting to do quotes about reading or books or whatever, and I felt this one was appropriate. It's not a silly one. It's from John Green, and it says, great books help you understand, and they help you feel understood.
2: So apt for the right oh,
0: That's way. a one. So, so perfect for this
2: book. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. <laughs> Bye! Bye.